Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. So this morning, we are here to continue our sermon series with the title saying, Relationship Under Attack. So last week, we had the introductory sermon on this series. So it's going to be a long series and very interesting series. And today we are going to talk about journeying together. So today morning I just want to title my sermon as journeying together. So before we go further into it, I just want to give again, since it is the second sermon on this series, I just want to give a structure. This is how I have structured this sermon series. So last week we did the introduction and today we are going to talk about God's design of marriage. We're going to talk about how do we journey together as husband and wife. If God has given us husband and wife, we are so blessed. If not, we are more blessed. Right? So today morning we are going to see how do we journey together in the relationship that God has given us. And coming weeks we are going to talk about some of the attacks on our relationship. Sermon 3, we are going to talk about homosexual, what is wrong. Heterosexual, what is right? These are the sermon series titles. Sermon 5, living together, so what? You're going to study those things in the light of the word of God and trying to understand what is the truth, what God's word. You know, most of the time the majority is not the truth. Majority don't say the truth. So we need to find out from the word of God what word of God is going to talk about. And then we are going to continue the series saying how to protect or recover from the damages already happened in our relationship. Sermon 6, we are going to talk about owned but abandoned. We are going to talk about children. Sermon 7, we are going to talk about cared but neglected. How do we maintain the relationship with our parents? Then finally, we are going to talk about how do we prevent such attacks from happening. Sermon 8, it's, we are going to talk about it's never too late. Probably you need to do certain things to pr protect our relationship, our marriage, our children. And Sermon 9, we are going to talk about some of the toxins of the family relationship. So this sermon is, this series is very, very important. We don't talk about these things much in the, at the church, but this is a good time that we need to study what Word of God says. So last week, quickly just go give an overview of what we discussed last week. Last week we talked about families are under attack. And we realized Satan is still continuing to do his job. He started attacking the family in the Garden of Eden. And even today, he's on the same business. He did not change his strategy at all. And we talked about relationship being attacked. So we know that you know, family is the nucleus or family is the unit that God has established. It is that family is an institution that God has established right in the, at the Garden of Eden. And the relationship within family, between husband and wife, between parents and children, they are under attack. And we also talked about some of the common battlegrounds our families are facing today. Humanism or humanistic enlightenment. And a man saying that I have everything within me to live a good life. I can be a good man by myself. But that's against the word of God. Word of God doesn't say so. So we talked about that. We come across such people in our life. We also talked about amoral life. Amoral life is neglecting or ignoring the morality. The word of God talks about 
And people, they don't really care about such things and they keep doing what they would like to do. We also talked about media, how media is attacking our family, attacking our children. We also talked about secular mindset. Today, secular mindset says that I have everything, I don't need God. You know, sometimes sometime that secular mindset also creeps into the church, saying that God has blessed me. I don't need to go to church on anymore because I have all the blessings. And these are some of the attacks that are coming against the family. We also talked about families are under attack and under, the relationship is under attack. There are three enemies against a Christian family. Number one, the current world system. Number two, our flesh. And number three, Satan himself. This morning, we are going to focus on journeying together. So before we go to the other sermon in the coming series, this morning I just want to you know, make it a little light to understand what is a family and what Word of God says about family. You know, family is an institution that God had set up at the Garden of Eden. Devil tried to destroy that family setup that God set up at the Garden of Eden. You know, the enemy, if the enemy can break that family nucleus, he can bring any amount of damage to the church and to the society and to the whole world. You know, then he wins. Then he's on the winning side. If the enemy can break the family, you know, that's the reason the enemy is so aggressively working against the families. You know, today you may be doing good as husband and wife, but that doesn't guarantee that you will continue to do good. You need to know the scriptural basis on which the family is established. And we need to know it's not just husband and wife coming together and, you know, uh, bringing forth children, but it's not that. It is much more than what we see as a family. So we need to understand, we need to study in the perspective of the word of God what the family is and what is the purpose of the family. You know, there are so many enemies against us, against families today. I want you to think about, what about cohabitation? Cohabitation, they say that you don't need to really wait till get, you get married. You can just live together. You know, that is an attack on God's design of marriage. It's coming on our way. It is coming on our way of our children. So it's very important. What about marriage purity? It says that, you know, you don't really need to wait to get engaged in sexual intercourse until you are married. No, you, you can just enjoy it before that. That is an attack on the sanctity of marriage. Amen. What about homosexuality? They say that you don't need to really do it God's way with a man, with a woman. You can just do it the way you think. The way that pleases you. You can just do it on your way. That is an attack on God's design for marriage. What about divorce and remarriage? They say that you don't really need to wait. If you don't love somebody, just leave them and go. Find your way. Just do it, whatever it, you like. You feel like doing it. You know, that is not just an attack on family. It is an attack on Christ and church relationship. You know, this morning, it is something that is serious. You, know, you may not feel it. You may not be feeling it at your family. Or sometimes you may feel it. And I can't say that you don't feel it. All of us go through it at some time or other. 
all of us feel the tension within our family all you know subconscious mind the thought comes in our mind you know how far i need to go through this is there any way out of what i am going through in my family it comes in our mind but this morning we are here to understand god's design for marriage shall we just turn back to genesis let's go back to genesis chapter 2 we are going to read a couple of scriptures from there Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 to 24. Listen to these interesting scriptures. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. After the ground of the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Verse 20, Genesis 2. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in, his, in its place. Then the rib which God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Now what we read is the design of marriage, the first marriage that took place at the Garden of Eden. Let's go through a little bit closely, monitor these words, these verses. Verse 18, verse 18 starts with saying, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. In Genesis chapter 1, when God created everything, Scripture says, God found that is good. God found, God created the heaven and the earth and he created the light and he created all the cattle and animals and everything and he found every day he found his creation was good. And this is the first time, you know, God is suddenly changing his tone and in verse 18 he says, it is not good. It is not good. You know, God created everything that was good but now suddenly God is saying it is not good. What is not good there? Verse 18. It is not good that man should be alone. That is the word of God. If somebody preaches you, no, you need to be alone. You can never get married. No, that's wrong. Of course, God calls some individuals, you know, for, 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 with that call, with that heavy call in their lives. But in general, it is not good for man to be alone. God found that. Think about that man who was living in such a situation in the Garden of Eden before the sin. A perfect sinless man. Having a perfect relationship, fellowship with God. Living in a perfect environment. But still, he was in need of a human companion. Can you ever imagine? This happened before man sinned. In such a perfect atmosphere, you can question why God is there, why still he needs a human companion. That was the structure of, that God made for marriage. He was still lacking a human companion. 
you know helper or companion that doesn't mean that you know one is superior and one is inferior no god says he is making somebody who is comparable or someone who is suitable you know that is something like man is missing something that is in the women that is in the women you know man is incomplete without women and same way women is incomplete without man is it true right some of those characteristics that we are missing probably we may find in our spouses right amen. do you yes i hear an amen <laughs> some of you are thinking i don't find it anywhere in my house i don't find it in me i don't find it in her then what do we do i'm not saying anything <laughs> And a man is incomplete without wife. I'm sure you know, many of you can testify that. I can testify. I cannot, I'm not standing here if, not, if she would have not prayed for me years after years. I find that getting complete. You know, many of us can testify. Equal personalities, equal they, they are not one is superior and one is inferior. They are equal, but they have different roles to play. Husband being the head of the family. We talked about that last week. So verse 18 we see God creating a companion for women. That is the design of marriage. Verse 19, let's move further. Verse 19. Verse 19 says, Out of the ground of the Lord, sorry, out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. You know, they, God brought everything to Adam and God wanted Adam to name them. You know, I was just thinking, why is God was doing that? Why God wanted Adam to do all this? And if you read that very closely, and whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Verse 20 says, So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. I believe God wanted Adam to realize that he is missing his companion. He saw every animal coming as a pair. And Adam is naming them and sending back. Every bird coming as a pair. Every creature coming as a pair. Male and female. And Adam was naming them and sending them back. Now, but for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Adam probably would have questioned, where is mine? They're all coming as a pair. And they're getting named, baptized and going back. And where is mine? I'm missing somebody. I don't find. God wanted him to know. That you are missing that individual. Has it happened in our lives? We've been waiting and waiting, waiting for such a long time to get married like Jofin. Jofin is not. <laughs> and when you find that girl, such a great joy comes in our lives. And God wanted Adam to wait. You just wait. I'm just going to make somebody who is beautiful. <laughs> Verse 21, 22. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to man. So the rib that God had taken out of Adam was formed into a woman. So God made formed women comparable to 
Adam for his companionship. Think about it. I just want you to pay attention. We are talking about marriage under attack and families and relationship under attack. God did not create father or mother from Adam. God did not create a child from Adam. God did not create another man from Adam. But God created a wife. You know, that is the truth. That is the marriage. God did not create father and mother. God did not create another man. God did not create a child. But God created a woman. God created a woman. We are talking about the design of God's design of marriage. Verse 23. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh means one body relationship. The relationship lasts until the flesh destroyed because it has become one flesh. The relationship lasts until the bones start disintegrating. Because it is one relationship. That's what Adam is saying. Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. That means this is a lifelong relationship. You know, that is the God's design of marriage. It is a lifelong relationship. Flesh is going to last until we die. Bone is going to last even further. Verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. You know, here we see, therefore, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined with his wife so that they become one flesh. That is the design of the marriage. So that means marriage relationship is primary not parent and child relationship. Listen to this. Marriage, marriage relationship becomes primary. Not really child and parent relationship. Parent and child relationship must be cut off once the marriage relationship is established. Did you listen to that? Parent and child relationship must be cut off once the marriage relationship is, is established. That doesn't mean, doesn't mean that we are not abandoning them. We are maturing enough to live independently. We are maturing enough to live independently. And even as parents, when we raise our children, we need to raise them with a view of releasing them once they get married. You know, I have come across many families. The problem in the family between husband and wife is the involvement of her mother. Is the involvement of his father you know once you are married you know i thank god for my parents you know when we got married they said of course we were another city my brother got married and they said no even you are living in the same city we don't want you to be with us take another house and live there and you can come and visit us and go make them independent do not interfere in their relationship you know as children we need to know that who's important our spouse. What is the primary relationship? The marriage relationship. The rest of things will come later. You know, marriage because there is a reason why I say that marriage relationship is permanent relationship. 
Our parents will die one day. Listen to this. Our parents will die one day. Children will live with us for a few years and they will go because they need to build their, man, their family. But your partner is going to be with you lifelong. Your partner is going to be with you lifelong. Thank God those, who are, those of us who are having our partner with us. You know, it is so precious today. It is a blessing that you receive that God is able to leave you together as husband and wife. So that's the reason we are talking about marriage relationship is a permanent relationship. Now, you know, whatever we said, Jesus really nailed everything. When, you know, what Moses spoke in Genesis 2, this is what Jesus said. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 6. In a very interesting scripture. So this morning we are talking about marriage is a journey that we are traveling together and at the end of the marriage journey where are we going really any idea at the end of the marriage journey at the end of the marriage journey we go to our god Hallelujah. we go to god there is nowhere else we can go there is nobody else with we can go marriage is a lifelong affair you know, at the end of the marriage journey, probably she leaves early or I leave early. One, either one, or we may leave together, who knows? And when we leave this world, this earth, we'll be with the Lord. You know, that is the design and that is a structure that God had recommended, God has ordained. Remember the marriage vow that we told. I hope all of you have taken marriage vow, those who are married. What did you say? I will be faithful to you in plenty and in want i'll be play, pay, i'll be faithful to you in joy and in sorrow in health and in sickness to love and to cherish you as long as we both shall live you know that is the marriage vow and today we are talking about there are many attacks that are coming against the family to destroy the family relationship Number two, first thing we talked about God's design of marriage. Number two, marriage is a covenant. It is not a contract. Marriage is a covenant. Just want to read the scripture quickly. We don't have time to go there. Malachi chapter 2 verse 14. Listen to this. But you say, you know, God is talking about through, his, through the prophet. He is telling about the situation that is seen in, in Israel at that point of time. Everywhere corruption. Everywhere immorality. And this is what God says in Malachi chapter 2 verse 14. But you say, why does he not? Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Your wife by covenant. Can you repeat that after me? Your wife by covenant. Your wife by covenant. You know, we are talking about a covenant relationship, not really a contract you know there's a huge difference between a contract and a covenant this morning you just want to you know, throw some of them uh, just for your benefit contract says i take this from you but covenant says i give myself for you listen to me you may not see that there everything so contract says i will take this from you but covenant says i will sacrifice i will give this to you contract says you do it and but covenant says i may do it for you 
You know, there is a difference between contract and covenant. Contract defines what we really get from others, but covenant says what we can give. What we can give. Contract is most of the time it is conditional. If then. Most of the time it is conditional. If this happens, this will happen. If you do this, I will do this. But covenant is unconditional based on love. So marriage covenant is based on love. It is an unconditional relationship. It is an unconditional love. And you know what? Contracts are limited for a short time. Now when we are in this building, the lease is limited maybe for three years or four years or five years. But covenant is lifelong. You know, covenant is different from contract. And contract can be broken at any time. If you want to quit from this building, I can just break it. Maybe there is a penalty. I can just break it and quit. But covenant is lifelong. Covenant can never be broken. You know, this morning we are talking about marriage is a covenant. It is not a contract. I want you to think about our God this morning. God doesn't break covenant. Has God broken the covenant that he made to Abraham? No. He told, I will give you that land. He gave. He told, I will multiply your generation. He did that. He's a covenant-keeping God. Today, you and I have strength. You and I have, you know, we, 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 have, we, we have boldness within us to worship him because we know that he is a covenant-keeping God. Is God breaking that covenant he made with us through his blood? No. Anytime when you walk into the presence of God and say, sorry, Lord, forgive me, he forgives. The covenant he made with us, he doesn't break. Will Jesus ever break the covenant that he made with us as a church? Never. Never. He will not break that. Because he said, I'm going to wait there. I'm going to wait there to see the bride is getting ready. Today the church is getting ready for the coming of the Lord as a bride. And God is not going to break that covenant that he made with us. Then the question is, how can we as Christians, we can make the marriage covenant? That's why Jesus said, what God has joined together, let not man separate. But you know what? Unfortunately, the world system, our flesh and Satan, together are attacking the marriage like never before. You know, today we see marriage covenants are either not made or they are broken. People live together without making that marriage covenant. There is no commitment to each other. Or it's broken. You know, we are living in a very, very dangerous situation, very dangerous time. Our children are going to come up, you know, they are growing in this situation. I want you to think about that. And I believe that's the reason David cried out from the bottom of his heart. He said in Psalm 11:4, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11:4. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? You know, this morning I just wanted to throw some of the statistics in front of you. You know, unmarried people, those who are living together, has four times multiplied since 1970. Unmarried people living together has multiplied four times since 1970. And look at this, listen to this, 73% of Americans, let's say North America, under the age of 45, believe that life spent with the same partner 
is both unusual and unnecessary. 73% of Americans under age 45, they don't believe the necessity of marriage. 73% of people under 45, they don't find the need of getting married. And today you and I, you know, just a small group of people sitting here and telling that marriage is important. The reason why say, we say so, it's because that's how marriage is designed. It also says six out of ten children live in a single parent household. Six out of ten live in a single parent household. One out of three marriage end in divorce. Today morning I was just looking at the current statistics. It says 45 to 50 percentage of the marriage end in divorce. What is the point in getting married then? You know, we don't know really the design, God's design of marriage. Some more statistics in America, every 24 hours, 3,000 children see their parents divorced, getting divorced. 3,000 children every day seeing their parents getting divorced. I searched in multiple ways just to make sure this figure is right. 1,629 children are put in adult jail. 1,629 children in 24 hours are put in adult jail because they do some kind of, you know, immoral thing in their lives. 3,228 children run away from home. 1,512 children drop out of school. You know, it's all happening because the relationship and family is under attack. There is no doubt about it. When commit commitments are breaking, broken, we see family and marriage are struggling and you know getting destroyed but God's intention of marriage is journeying together is journeying together you know I always put that picture in front of me I, I, I remember some of you would have, I think it's Sharin uh, uh, told me sometime back I always remember the old couple holding their hands and walking 62 years of marriage 70 years of marriage you know, that is a design. That's how marriage is designed. Amen. Finally, let's talk about the mystery of marriage. The mystery of marriage. You know, I believe marriage is not just designed for a better living on this earth. I don't think so. I don't think marriage is really designed to share love and emotions. Not really. Of course, there is an element to it, but not, not, that's not complete. I don't think that marriage is a system through which you know we can produce children. I don't really think so. That's not the purpose of marriage either. You know, sometimes we say that marriage is a good institution where you know we are made Christ-like. We rub with each other and we grow together and our character gets mold, molded you know, as we grow. It's true, certain extent, but that's not really complete. You know, marriage is again, it's not just to say as wise men, Solomon said, two are better than one. You know, we get married because I feel it's two are better than one. No, we don't get just married just for the sake of, you know, being, looking better. Not just to lift if somebody falls. We want to always go together if, because your wife falls, husband is there to lift her. Of course, we do that, but that's not the intention of getting married. And he said that, you know, uh, you know when we stand together or when we lie together, we keep warm. That, that's true. When husband and wife, they lie together, they make each other warm. In the winter, at least. But that's not the intention. That's not the ultimate intention. And the wise man also said, uh, said this. If you, two of you are standing together, anybody comes against you, 
you can win in a one sense it is good you are standing together thank god but that's not the complete thing now paul says marriage is a mystery and this morning here i'm here to tell you let, let's go to ephesians chapter 5 verses 31 and 32 ephesians chapter 5 Verses 31 and 32. We have that in the screen. For this reason, a man, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. Verse 32. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Paul says, marriage is a great mystery. You know, this morning, he want us to understand what is the mystery that Paul is talking about. So we are talking about journeying together, facing all the obstacles and overcoming all the attacks that are coming against our marriage. And we are still holding on to each other. Why? For what? You know, the scripture, there are two keywords. Join to his wife. And they become one flesh. And I believe those things have meaning more than what we can read as an English word. Join to his wife and they become one flesh. I believe they have a deeper meaning. And here if you see the scripture, Paul is quoting from Genesis 2.24. The first section of the verse 32, he is quoting from what God said. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and two shall become one flesh. What God told when God did the first marriage in, 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 in the garden of Eden. And second part he says in verse 32, marriage is patterned after Christ and the church. Marriage is patterned after Christ and the church. You know, that's what we are going to understand this morning. So Christ is the bridegroom coming for the bride that is the church. So Christ is the bridegroom and we are the church and we are getting ready. Why do we come together? Why do we grow together in the Lord? Why do we read? Why do we meditate? Why do we pray? Why do we just long for the coming of the Lord? Because we know that he is the bridegroom. And one day we will be partakers of the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's what scripture says. And this is the mystery that Paul is trying to talk. So Christ is a bridegroom coming for his bride, the church. Now Paul's ministry, you know what, what was Paul's ministry? Paul's ministry was to gather the bride. Gather the bride. And he gathered the bride and he betrothed them to Christ. That's what he used to do. He gathered the bride and engaged them and make them promise to with Christ. Let's read the scripture. 2 Corinthians 11.2 Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11.2 For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. You know, Paul was preparing the lives. What do we do today? We do the same thing. We prepare every life so that as a church together, one day we will be partakers of the marriage. Think about how much Christ paid for this to happen. How much Christ paid for this to happen? He left his father's house. He left his father's house to make a covenant with you and me. 
We are talking about the pattern of marriage. Christ came from heaven to this earth to make a covenant relationship with you. This is nothing other than what we do in marriage. It is as sanctified as marriage. What we are talking about Christ and the relationship between Christ and the church, it is as important with the relationship between husband and wife. And you know what? Christ paid the dowry. And his dowry was his own blood. He paid the dowry of his own blood to redeem the church. To get you as a bride. He came searching, not we. He came searching. The bridegroom came searching for a bride and he found you. You know, we are so, in many ways, we, are, we have a lot of shortcomings. We are not perfect in everything. We mess up things at times. You know, we, we go through you know, all the things that what people are going through on this earth, all the emotions, all the ups and downs. But you know what? The love of Christ found us and he came down and he gave the dowry. And he said, I want you as my bride. And the dowry was with, with his, with, with, was his blood. Yes. And marriage is a patent after Christ's covenant relationship with the church. And today, you know what? Our marriage is a display of God's eternal plan for mankind. The reason why as husband and wife we need to be together, we are portraying the pattern that God has established for Christ and the church. So we are talking about this morning, journeying together in the midst of all the attacks that are coming on our way against our marriage. Will Jesus ever leave his wife? His wife is the church. Will Jesus ever throw away the church? No, because he purchased the church with his blood. How many years we have been waiting, you know, waiting and we found that spouse. We found that man and we found that woman. God-given woman. God-given man. You know, there are times on our way, there are attacks, there are many struggles that come on our way, but that doesn't mean that that is going to separate our lives. That doesn't mean that, you know, we are going to be torn apart. No, God is going to keep us together. Staying in marriage is keeping the covenant. So that's the reason it is important. That's the reason it's important. You know, divorce and remarriage, listen to this. It really breaks the heart of God. It really breaks the heart of God. Divorce and remarriage. You know, when spouses, they break and they separate. They stand in the presence of the living God and they make a covenant between them saying that I will live with you forever. But when they break, it breaks the heart of God. It's not just because they are getting separated. Listen to this. You know, it breaks the heart of God. It's because it involves misrepresentation of Christ and his church. The covenant Christ has made with the church is wrongly understood by the couple. They are separating. That separation is a misrepresentation of the covenant relationship that Christ made with the church. That's the reason the heart of God breaks when there is a divorce. But Christ never leaves his wife. And this morning, as we are listening to this sermon, just want you encouraged to strengthen your marriage relationship. Wherever it is in a broken, wherever it is not strengthened, this morning I believe that you need to pray about it, you need to spend time about it, and you need to repair those elements of marriage finally to summarize before we close let's go through a couple of slides as, we, as a summary 
This is what we talked about this morning. Just these are some key elements that we need to make sure you need to just take with us to protect our marriage. Number one, as husband and wife, you are made one flesh and you are made one bone and you are not expected to separate until death. Right? Can we all prescribe to this truth? Yes? Okay, let's read number two. Without our husband, we are incomplete. Without your husband, you are incomplete. Without your wife, you are incomplete. Cohabitation and premarital sex, homosexuality, divorce and remarriage, they are the attacks on the long-lasting relationship that is a marriage relationship that we need to be careful about. And we know God's design for marriage is to make companionship for man and that companionship is always a woman that's the god's design for marriage and we talked about this marriage relationship is the primary not parent child relationship and we also said man has no right to separate what god put together and we also said marriage is not a contract that we can break but it is a covenant that we can never break that we need to be careful we also said in the world system basically the world system is working against god's design of marriage covenants are neither made nor kept covenants are broken and god doesn't like that so we need to be careful taking care of our family marriage is not just a physical union we also said it has a spiritual significance in it and we said according to paul you know paul this is what paul says marriage he says marriage is a mystery because he says a church is a church is the bride and jesus is a bridegroom and that forms the patent of marriage and he said this divorce and marriage they break the heart of god just simply because they misrepresent christ and the church and finally we said christ will never leave his wife in the same way our relationship is eternal too now i just want you to think about for a moment the mystery that is built in the word of god as paul says think about this christ relationship between christ and the church is eternal when we go to heaven we will be with christ as a church Amen. now this says the marriage is also an eternal relationship because it takes you into the eternity it takes you into the eternity in when you are on this earth a good marriage a god-blessed marriage will experience heaven on earth you know that's how our marriage need to be i don't know what we experience today if we don't experience that in our home setup we need to ask god it is also a sign that we are under attack can we close our eyes this morning Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.